0: Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. And this week is a very special bonus episode with a very good client and a lovely friend. Shauna is here, and I'm very excited to be introducing her magic and her unforgettableness to you on the other side of this because Shauna is not only a kick ass woman, she's not only a kick ass mentor, she does lots of really interesting things with veterans, but she's also very much into well, she's wearing a femme shirt right now, so I feel like I could say that you're very much into the women's empowerment
1: movement in general.
0: So, Shauna, who are you? What do you do? Uh, tell us a little bit about your business.
1: Hello. Thank you for what was a lovely introduction. Uh, I'm feeling slight pressure now on, on that. Um, so, I'm Shauna. I am a London portrait photographer, and I specialize in headshots and boudoir photography.
0: Shona, what is boudoir photography? For?
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I get quite a few quizzical faces when I talk about boudoir um, because it is a French word and it means, you know, like being next to the the bedroom. And a lot of people who are even familiar with boudoir tend to think about it as sexy naked pictures of predominantly women, um, and that certainly has been its reputation. Um, When I'm talking about boudoir photography, I'm mostly talking about people connecting with themselves and getting confidence with their own bodies. I often talk about boudoir as like a gateway to confidence. Um, the, The photographs that I take generally try to be on a more artistic style. So I have things called like ravishing renaissance where i'm really inspired by painterly effects you know that depth and rich texture that happens in those paintings um or playing with light and shadow creating strips of silhouette down the body so for me it's it's more about creating art at the end of it but for the person it is a journey for them to reconnect with themselves you know a lot of things happen in women's lives especially those that have uh you know relationships or children, or you know the job they a lot of self sacrifice stories come up with clients, and this is a moment for them to not only reflect on you know their their life and their journey but to appreciate themselves like take that moment um a lot of people have lost confidence completely, and this is again it's kind of a similar journey of of reconnecting with themselves um I think. People like myself are the hardest clients to have. And and I say that because boudoir was a really personal journey for me. It was one where I had body shame pretty much my entire life. Um, Very, very uncomfortable in my own body. You could tell from my posture, how I walked, very anxious, not confident. And all of that came from from not being comfortable in my own skin mm. and you know having my own boudoir photographs allowed me that moment to connect with myself and it has changed the way I I view the world and I view myself um, yeah definitely I love it
0: so there was one there was a moment when we when we first talked about boudoir and you sort of came through, came through my doors as a client and And I asked you this question, like, well, why boudoir? Why is it important to the world? And I I think I teared up when you started talking to me about your experience of of the first time you did a boudoir shoot for yourself. I was like, this is the most powerful, magical thing ever. So talk to us about that. What what was that like, you know, from sort of doing, um, what made you decide to be a photographer first of all? And how did you transition into boudoir?
1: So I did change careers coming up to six years ago. I used to work in the museum sector and I decided to pursue photography because it was something I thought I would do when I retired, but I realized photography is very physically demanding and I probably couldn't be the kind of photographer I wanted to be in retirement. Um, Because I'm a studio photographer, so I wield studio lights and big heavy steel stands and furniture. Um, So I took the plunge and and retrained as a photographer. And again, when people kind of found out that I was changing career and I was going to be a photographer, the responses were, are you a family photographer? Are you a wedding photographer? So to go into portraiture was was different because that's not like a milestone that everyone understands. When you Google for a photographer, it's usually because something is happening for you, right? Babies, yeah. weddings, you, there's a need. Yeah. is isn't so much of a need just to have fabulous photographs of yourself, you know, to appreciate yourself, to take a moment just for you. That isn't something that I've found culturally everybody gets or, or thinks that they can have. Um, and so as a business owner, that's something that's quite difficult to market hence finding Alyssa to help me market something <laughs> um, so true
0: so then I, I I love that conversation because I think it, it should be a need like wh- why shouldn't you know why wouldn't you want to celebrate your body uh, you know I look at photos of myself 10-15 years ago and I for sure thought I was fat and now I look at photos of myself and I for sure think that I, I was really not fat back then <laughs> take from that what you will <laughs> so I, I was really curious because I'd never worked I've worked with photographers before, but never a boudoir photographer. It was a a really fun challenge too to so I could see this I could see the whole sort of boudoir empire as you were talking through your story with me. I was like, oh my God, and there could be this social media movement, and there could be this, and we could do this and we you know which is always a good sign for me because I need to get you know not that I need to get excited I could You know, probably coach anyone, but I want all of my clients to have really incredible businesses that I can get behind. Otherwise, it's not you know authentic for me. So, the the interesting thing here is, what do you think stops women from celebrating their bodies?
1: Well, I've photographed quite a lot of women at this point, and it's it's been an opportunity to hear all of their stories and all their stories are different, but there are themes Mm. and it doesn't matter what size body they have, the skin tone they have, Um, people will find something very negative to say about themselves. Even people who um, are very confident with their bodies, one of the first questions I always ask people is what is your favorite body part um, and and I do it for two reasons one reason is I really think if you start naming the body parts that you love you start to appreciate them more you just over and over again um, and it it definitely works so I would encourage everybody to think of at least one body part that they love and just say it to yourself every day I love my bum I love my legs and you will notice mm-hmm. that you start to really appreciate that bottom and those legs but the second reason is way more to do with the business and is I need to get photographs of the body part that you love because you know, you'll wanna buy that one.
0: Yes, that's so true. Yeah, because you wanna you wanna, you know, capture that that moment. So taking it back to you start in the photography business, you decide you wanna be you wanna take portraits of people, right? So definitely not weddings, definitely not, you know, little toddlers running around in your studio. Um, Shauna doesn't want to have, you know, toys thrown at her head. <laughs> baby's crying um, and you decide okay boudoir is boudoir is the thing is that how that went or what what happened there
1: so there, I guess there were two things and one is going to launch a bigger conversation is that I knew that I had always wanted to take pictures of of bodies mm-hmm. um, I'd known that from uh, portrait sessions that had gone in a certain direction unexpectedly, um, from, you know, I, I studied ancient history, uh, you know, sculpture, the form of the body, you know, these were all things that I had appreciated and loved. But I was a little bit nervous about going into this kind of photography because I didn't want to perpetuate an idea of an objectification of women, basically. But we can talk about that a little bit more. but. I had always hesitated because of this idea that I might be contributing to you know any kind of objectification of women if I took photographs in the way that I have ended up taking photographs. Mm. but I took all those fears aside because it was my own boudoir photo shoot. The photo shoot started out with me needing a headshot from my website and so I, you know, I'm dressed in black, I've got my camera, I'm hiding my tummy strategically behind a posing table so no one can see me, and, you know, I got that shot, it's on my website, it's great, it's very friendly, it does a job, but from that, I realised I hate my body so much, I'm just going to take photographs of it, and I did my first boudoir shoot, and they were beautiful photographs, and I couldn't believe that I loved a photograph of my body, after nearly 30 years of pretty much avoiding mirrors or talking very negatively about myself, it was, and still is, a bit of an emotional thought. I actually couldn't believe it was me.
0: Oh, I'm tearing up. Like genuinely tearing up. It's just there's something about finding the thing that we love to do in the medium that makes sense to us. Like, that's how I feel about finding the right message or finding the right marketing plan and, like, seeing that light bulb moment for people, like, because it it spreads that magic, you know? And I think that whatever it is, whether you bake stuff or whether you take photos of stuff or whether you, I don't know, create websites, there is always something at the core of it that is, like, I felt this thing and I pushed through it and I found a way to love this aspect of me like for me i was terrified of being visible and even though i'm you know loud and then you know i i when i say to people like i i was scared to show up online i i did a private facebook group so that no one could find me people don't believe me i know right and and it's the same thing it's the same feeling of like oh my god I'm going to, I'm just going to push through the wall and I'm going to do the thing that doesn't make sense to anyone and I'm going to own it and I'm going to love it. And it just makes me so, I don't know, emotional hearing that because how many of us women tell ourselves we're too this, we're too that, we're too, you know, we're too loud, we're too fat, we're too skinny, we're too awkward, we're too afraid. And we stop ourselves from taking that next step. And I think every single one of us has some, some talent, something that we can, you know, take fucking by the balls, right? <laughs> There's no other word for it, right? Take life by the balls and like and just massage it and find that, that vehicle, you know, and actually show people, you know, what it's about. You didn't just take photos and then left them on your, you know, card reader forever and ever. You were like, I'm going to take these photos and I'm going to help other women feel like this. And I think that is just the most powerful thing ever. So talk to me about that journey. How did you you, you take these photos? You're like, oh, my God, I am a goddess, incarnate, flips hair. I love it. What was that transition like into then, you know, saying, actually, I'm not a really a traditional, quote unquote, portraiture photographer. I actually really want to do this this boudoir thing and I want to be known as a boudoir photographer more so than anything else. Don't get me wrong, Sean's images are all beautiful, beauty dubs, <laughs> Like they're all incredible. But Boudoir when you came to me was the thing that you were like, I really want to make this the thing.
1: Oh thank you for your kind words. Um I'm gonna just be honest and it is it it was and I think it still is a little scary
0: mm.
1: um to be so vulnerable with it, um, for this to work, so that it wasn't just pictures of of women who might or might not be in lingerie. Sometimes they're not, um, they wear lingerie, We drape them in silk, that's definitely where like the Renaissance painting comes. You know, there's light and shadow. My boudoir is more romantic. It's more leaving things to the imagination. But it was very important to me that I photograph all skin tones, all shapes and sizes, um, and photograph myself at least four times a year, like. Uh, <laughs> um, so that the message was as far as removed from um, you know, any idea of uh, objectification of women um, that, it, that it could be. Mm. so talk to me about that like how so I, I know
0: for a fact and correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure this is right that the first boudoir you shoot you ever did was of a man right
1: oh, yes actually it was
0: <laughs> which I thought was just really fascinating um,
1: so it was with a, with a friend um, and he is also a photographer and we were just it was just a, a right back when I was still sort of like learning, and he does natural light, I do studio light, so we joined forces for like a day to share tips and tricks, you know, and um, just through the process of it, it wasn't like a full boudoir, he he just took off his top, you know, and he wore trousers, but I think that was definitely one of those moments where I was like, yeah, this is this form and how he's moving his body, Mm. he's very, very expressive, and he himself does a lot of Male nude photography, so he's he's very comfortable with um, with that genre. Anyway, Um, yes, it was a male (laughs) male form that I photographed first.
0: So for me, you know, like I I've done lots of different interviews with different people, right? Like like throughout my career as a coach, and obviously I will do a stalk of anyone who comes who comes through my doors. (laughs) Spoiler alert: every single person does that. And I, when I looked at those images, like I went all the way down to like your your grid, and I like I saw this beautiful, beautiful shot. It wasn't even a beautiful, you know, she was a she was an attractive man, let's say it that way. But my first thought wasn't like, oh my God, what a hottie. like, yes, let's magic mic this sh-, like this, you know,, raw, 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 let's go. It was like, oh my God, what an artistic, beautiful image of this of this person. And to me, I can see that you're not trying to objectify your subject just based on that photo alone. And then go, obviously going, going back up and looking at the different women of like different shapes and sizes, ethnicities, sexual orientation, you know, like I know you're an advocate for LGBTQ plus um, in sort of the events and you've done stuff on drag race and, you know, like Shauna is very much into not... Not not objectifying, right? But creating art. So for me, it's really interesting to to hear you say that, that you're very conscious of that because I just assumed that was just like you, <laughs> as a byproduct of <laughs> just your your magicalness.
1: No, I'm a chronic overthinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even recovering perfectionist. It's, you know, it's perfectionism and like that idea and overthinking everything. Um, And that idea stopped me. It stopped me immediately going into it. It's taken me a few years to even go down the route I wanted to because of fear of, I guess, just being honest, like judgment from other people. Um, Would I be able to successfully communicate what that photograph was, was about? Because, you know, I think portraiture is about communicating a person, um, it's about conveying the emotion and the connection that they, I mean for mine, that they have with themselves, um, and I, we do that because we always talk about moods and thoughts, even before people get into the studio, you know, this isn't an experience that people just walk through the door in, you know, I spend time with everybody before they come to the studio. We understand like their reasons and motivations for wanting it. We talk about the styles that they are drawn to. But I think the biggest thing that helps show that person, that real person, is thinking about moods and words
0: and their life.
1: And those are the moments that I try to capture and reflect back. And you very can do that even without eyes, like eyes really help. I think that connection with the eyes is very important. But um, so yeah, definitely oh. thinking about the moods. Interesting,
0: so then, how does the mood you know, or how do how do you approach those conversations because i'm I'm you know when you first came to me, you were like, these women just want sexy photos. I don't want to do sexy photos. I want to say something different with my art, like what what you know, and there's nothing wrong by the way with taking sexy photos. I am partial to a sexy selfie here and there, but you know, I think it's really interesting how t- to see over the last few, even really few months, like six months, really, that those people have really filtered themselves out as your messaging has gotten tighter, from from my perspective anyway. So what has that journey been like for you? And what was it like working with non-ideal clients to then transitioning into doing more of the photography that you like to do?
1: That's a really good question, because there is nothing wrong with taking sexy photographs of yourself and wanting them, I think that they are, you know, they they evoke the same kind of confidence and control and, and power and body celebration. I suppose it it's just, it's a minor tweak, I guess, for me, just that I prefer thinking about helping people who've lost confidence I guess that that's, that's the little bit. Or people that think, I can't do this. And I, that is the bit that I really want to help people celebrate because I have seen the positive benefits happen afterwards. And they are like walking taller down the street, wearing clothes that you want. And I'm literally here talking about myself who thought I was too fat to wear vest tops and was worried that people would think that was inappropriate for me to wear a vest top out. I know you, Alyssa is laughing right now. But this is not thing. laughing. It's, it's not like, like
0: a no, it's like it's my heart goes out because how you know my heart goes out because every single woman that I know has had that thought about getting ready and getting dressed, you know, not having a good side in a photograph you know and i think that that is just it's heartbreaking to hear you talk about yourself that way in in a you know because it's emblematic of every single woman no matter what her journey is and i know like we could talk about body dysmorphia and go deeper into like your sort of relationship with yourself but i think it's such a it's such a powerful thing to discuss for sure because even like getting dressed today i was like well it's first of all, it's quite cold in my new office, so that's a side side note. But I was like, Well, I don't I don't have vest stops that I wear without a cardigan because I don't like how my arms look. And isn't you know, and that's just me being candorous here, like and isn't that every single person ever? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> even people who are like size zero, two, size, I don't know, twenty six, twenty four, whatever it is. We all have things that we don't like about ourselves. How do you think or what's the best way for us to then get into a place of feeling readier to expose ourselves in, in such a way? For the for the you know, sake of art, for the sake of celebrating yourself. But I think there are so many women who are not yet even ready to think about that. They're like, Oh, like that sounds exciting, but I'm not that's not me. I could never do that. What are some steps that they can take to feel more empowered? Because it's International Women's Day. We should all feel empowered.
1: Oh Well, I was going to say that even people who are in the great headspace, the people who are just like, I want a confidence boost. I love my body. I'm coming. When they get here, they're still a little nervous. <laughs> so even the people who are most, uh, most ready for it, I, I have experienced, everyone gets a little bit nervous about it. But for those people who who perhaps think that they couldn't do it. Um, I think that's kind of where the, I guess you would call it the onboarding process. Like- I would call it the onboarding process, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really important. Um, so everybody meets me on online before they book and we have a good chit chat. It only usually lasts about 20 minutes, but we talk about, you know, why they're coming. Um, and I think that helps to build that level of, of trust that I'm a, a real person um, that my motivations for this is is to sort of help them and make them feel uh, encouraged and as powerful as possible. People then go away and I get Pinterest boards so we do a Lena style consult and so before they've even come into the studio they know what we're going to be doing, they know what to bring, they kind of know kind of what mood or you know what... What their thoughts are going to be. There's also some sparkling wine, which always <laughs> helps a little bit. <laughs> um, we thought about music. I find it very interesting that like some people really want chill mm. instrumental music. Some people really want that, you know, sexy vibe. Mm. Some people just want like the old classics. It's, it's it's really interesting what gets people into their headspace with it. Um, I would like to say that I think people do trust me and we get into a moment together where they can think of themselves. I guess I take my cue from every single person. Some people, it's very clear that they want to just think about themselves and there's less direction. Like for them, there's, there's a moment here and I'm there to make sure I'm lighting them and helping with my camera angles to make sure that they're looking good. But... But other people, you know, it's about laughter. It's about thinking about memories. You know, it's sharing Mm. a conversation. So it is really, really individual and unique to everybody. Every person who's come in has had a different kind of experience because they're in a different place with their body or needs a different, a slightly different approach, if that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. So if you're not ready
1: for that process, where would you start? I would say, start naming your body parts. Mm-hmm. They did to see you every day. And I would say, maybe take a selfie. And I'm not talking getting nude. Mm. I'm talking about, yeah, take a selfie. Side light. Get, get near a window, turn yourself to the side, and take a nice selfie of yourself.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Life is so important. And I think that's an, that's an interesting sort of side conversation. It's a really good tip. I think that sometimes we have spent so long not looking at ourselves, like hiding, right? Like not looking in the mirror, not uh, taking photographs of ourselves. And also like then being terrified of getting on camera. But the problem is is that when you, you then see yourself on camera, when you haven't taken a photo of yourself, or you haven't figured out your angles, or you haven't done this, when someone else takes a photo, you inevitably look so much worse. This is just the, the way of life. Because you're not paying attention, you don't know how to angle your body, you're not, like, those candid shots. Like, a lot of my clients that come to me, they say, oh, I can never do a brand photo shoot, because my mother-in-law took a photo of me at my kid's birthday party, and I look like a whale. And I'm like, okay, well, were you paying attention when your mother-in-law was taking said photo? Like, did you twist your body? what like what were you doing and they're like well no I was you know halfway through turning or twisting or whatever and I'm like well of course it's not going to represent how you actually look in real life so like what does what does the camera do to our body without good light you know like why when I look in the mirror I look one way and then when I look at a photo I can sometimes look a different way what's that about
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I was like this is a terrible
0: question I never want to answer it (laughs)
1: Uh, And I mean, I'm just going to be honest, I take some terrible selfies of myself, even with all of my knowledge. Um, The most important thing as like a photographer is that um, I've really, really studied posing. I think I learned camera, lighting, posing in that order. Mm. They're all super, super important. And I think the thing that I generally advocate to all of my clients is that I've got you. Mm. Um, I have... Trained in posing, you are going to look your best because I'm going to help you move move your arms slightly. I mean, we're talking about the the larger arms, and I'm someone who, you know, Cardi Girl doesn't wear vest tops. You know, <laughs> if we wanted to talk about ethical retouching for my own body, I am always someone who slightly nudges, slims down my arm just slightly because you know it's one of my uh, vanity points, I guess, that I don't like my arms, but um, the way that you can pose people is to just move that arm away from the body. You mm. can either create a gap, but don't don't push it against your body, because then it's going to get larger. Mm. So I guess you're saying, like, how can people um, get better at taking their photographs? I'm afraid, as a photographer, I'm going to say that I would actually help you. Do yeah.
0: that. That's very true. I mean, I guess my point
1: more is that
0: It's always great to hire professional photographers, right? That's what we, that's what every single business owner should do, whether it's for their brand photography or for something like personal, like a boudoir shoot. I guess my point is that if you're terrified of taking photographs, understand that everything on social is filtered. Everyone that I know retouches slightly their photos and they understand what their angles are and what their light is. And there are really easy ways for you to start to self-educate yourself to get more confident so that you are then ready to hire a professional photographer. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes if you're terrified of even taking a selfie, like going from taking, not taking a selfie for 10 years to then getting into a, a studio with a boudoir photographer, like, that that seems like from zero to a thousand. And if you're ready for that step, I think, you know, obviously, Sean is the best person to do that with you for a hundred million thousand percent. And also, I think that on a, in a wider sense, you have to understand that photographers know how to like you, how to pose you, how to position you, and at least the good ones do. And if that is something that you are struggling with, definitely ask a photographer, how much support am I going to get with posing? What do you do with lighting? Like ask yourself those questions because I didn't, when I first did my first ever photo shoot, I didn't ask any of those questions. And like, thank God that I know my angles. (laughs) Vanity strikes again. But if I didn't, that would have been a terrible photo shoot and a waste of money. You know, so like always ask the people that you're hiring, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do to help me with this? How are you going to approach this? What's your stance on this? Which is why that onboarding process is so, so, so important and why we spent quite a bit of time going over, you know, your marketing strategy, your emails, your the way that you're communicating with current clients. Because particularly when you're doing something that is so emotional, people need to feel safe and you need to be, I mean, Shauna creates a safe space anywhere she goes, but it's really important that you set in an intention for every single conversation and you know what your client needs. And I think that, you more than other people in my world are so good at understanding that and, and really being able to clock. Oh, what does this person need? Where where are they? Where is their anxiety? And how can I and I make them feel better from like the mood, the the music, and everything else that you were just talking about. Um, but I think creating that experience for your clients from a flip side is so 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 important. And I guess on a bit from a business perspective, would you, would you what would you say is like top tip number one for creating a safe space and a safe environment for your clients to really um, get vulnerable and share. Because I know like for a lot of the time you'll have a photo shoot and you're like, she says she will never want to share those photos ever. But it was so beautiful. I love them. They are amazing. They're incredible. It is the height of art. And then you're like, oh, she loves the photos. She says she can share one. Now it's two. Now it's five. <laughs> she wants to share them all, Alisa. I can't believe it. And that that is, that is, you know, a testimony to, and it's not like you're pushing, right? You're never asking the people, you just, you send them a form. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you're not actively saying like, oh, hey, Susie, can I share this? Can I share this? Can I share this? They're like, you know what, Sean, I've been thinking about it. Actually, I want you to showcase this work. It's always very organic. So I think that is a testament to you creating a safe space and to you creating really great art. How do you do that? <laughs> I know what a question. Sorry, but this is a business podcast, right?
1: Interestingly, I think people with the softer skills undervalue them. I've been told this a lot. I'm actually just parroting back uh, something that a lot of people have said to me because um, I, I genuinely have the, the the softer skills that I don't appreciate. Um, so I think listening and being having good communication of kind of that, those blocks. When I talk about everyone needs to meet me, everybody needs to have this style consult, it isn't just a process. It is how we form a bond and a relationship before you even step into the studio. I've already got a sense of what you might be nervous about know what you're really confident about what you really want from this experience so it is about listening to them asking questions and then properly communicating so that they know that you are there to support them I even make a little packing list I know it sounds like a trivial thing but after the style console I've been taking notes and I send them this packing list which is not this isn't the only things you can bring but I think it just shows that I have been listening to them, and that I know on the day of the shoot, they're gonna be thinking about a lot of things and might feel a bit overwhelmed. So here is the thing that you said you absolutely wanted to bring, and here it is, and it's just in this really nice, beautifully designed packing list that you can just pull up on your phone.
0: Yes, 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 I love it. Well, let's talk about design for a second, because that's one of the things that we did with you is like, we redesigned your website, we completely changed the flow of it, we changed the messaging, we designed, you know, like a a completely core, every different everything, right? From like your logo to your colors to your brand positioning. How, number one, effective has that been? And number two, how has that made you feel as a business owner to have a different set of, you know, marketing tools?
1: Mm. So confidence, (laughs) it all comes down to confidence. Uh, After, no, pre Alyssa, I was uncertain and I had fear around um, emailing and uh, direct messaging people. She was able to really teach me and break it up and create confidence in myself and that what I was saying was good. Uh, which I had all of these doubts about like, is this the best way to say this? I'm not a marketing expert. I think it's felt very liberating. It feels like I can move forward. I'm not just stuck. Now that I've got this, I feel confident. I've I've had someone to help me. I feel like I've got clarity. I feel I can communicate that message better and I'm just ready for the next step of the business. Um, So that's quite exciting. But I don't yeah. think they're stuck
0: anymore. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think like one of the most genius things that Shauna came up with was like style styles for her photography, which already I think you already had that some or something like that. And as we were sort of going through the website process and. And rejigging it, re. It was so funny. You were like, I'm going to have to rewrite every single word on I mean, every single page for the rest of eternity. And I was like, No, you're not. What are you, what are you talking about? Your copy's <laughs> great. It just needs a tweak. And you were like, No, I have to redo everything. So, talking to me about like, the honing of the message, was it that your languaging or your words were they actually terrible, Shauna? If you say yes, I will actually, sh- I will come over to London.
1: I will throw it you. No, but I don't think people came away understanding the message. It's just a lot clearer. Um, and even the styles, like, I had I had two lighting styles that I loved and I knew that I kind of didn't like the third one or, like, wanted to move away from it um, and wanted to develop other ones. Um, and it was you who said, well, you should just name them. And, you know, suddenly I can now, like the painterly style that takes inspiration from uh, the Renaissance artists, it's called Ravishing Renaissance. Um, I don't expect people to really like know what Ravishing Renaissance is, um, but I think it just helps me be able to package it, to be able to talk about the painterly influence clients have started saying that they want bombshell black and white. I think that's, that's really really fun. Or they do want, Oh, I want something a bit dark and sultry. And that's just, you know, that's another name. And it has, it has helped, but I don't expect everyone to know what it is. But for me, it has helped package it up. And once I've got it in my head, it's helped me do Instagram grids. It's helped me do blog posts. It's helped me, um, even expand out what I might want to offer so it just I think really naming it has brought it to life like I know what I'm offering it's like it's stronger within myself and the, the technique which uses a specific lighting tools and set design in the studio mm-hmm.
0: so talk to me about the importance of your offer then like when people come to you obviously it's photography but I'm assuming it changes from, from person to person as you have said What's that been like to customize the offer more more often than not for the for the people? Obviously, it's sort of standardized, but how much customization goes into that process, if at all?
1: Not as much as a you know, in terms of how I email people or like the journey that they get taken on. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of like booking and reminders and style consults, like all of that is, is still the same. Um, But I think it is customized in terms of set design, colors, you know, all of that is very unique to the person. Some colors work better for other people than they do. Um, Even wardrobe, you know, some outfits look better, Um, like lingerie pieces, some look better on others and they do. I think that's why I really like draping people in, in silk because everybody <laughs> looks good draped in silk.
0: I love it. So does that give you the freedom, right? If you
1: have like the confines
0: of your author and you know what, like the the inclusions, right? And does it give you that creative freedom to then still be excited about what you're doing each time?
1: It is very true. Like when people have a, a strong idea of something that they want, which doesn't necessarily fit into my lighting, I get to then do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of people have wanted like all red or like a an orange spotlight, like you know like being in theater and having a spotlight orange you know and that's been really exciting, so I guess in terms of my own creativity, boudoir definitely allows you to experiment um and and tailor it to the person, which I think is really exciting and people feel like they're getting something that is special and, and just for them.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. Well here is where I want to take this in like the last few minutes of our time together. I think that and it's a sidestep, right, from the conversation that we've had. I think it's really interesting how you're very passionate about supporting women's rights and helping different bodies be seen and I think that is a mark of uh, an ethically forged business so I think there is an interesting thing here around like okay this offer right it's it's marketed in the right way, we've got the message we've got the website, we've, we've done the thing we've got the container, you feel creatively happy right if you're a business owner who is um, let's say you know you're a business owner that's not doing as much as you want to to venture into the the aspects of society that you're passionate about supporting right so I'm thinking like the veterans one of the interesting things about you I think is that you teach veterans in your spare time right and you and I just saw a great story about you doing like a movement workshop with them and you do these interesting projects like drag race if you are a an entrepreneur who wants to venture into supporting these different things where would it be a good starting point because I know that you more than anyone else do and I I know that Shona doesn't think this she's like well I do the minimum but you do you do so much to help um, just different minorities how did that come to be why are you passionate about, about supporting different bodies and do you have any thoughts around how other business owners can, can start doing a little bit more to support people that they want to support, right? Because it's not just minorities, it's different aspects of society.
1: It's a really, really good question. <laughs> 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 so, uh, I've been getting really self-analytical about how, the why. I guess I just don't understand why we're not Representing more people. I don't understand it. We should. Um, and I think the more that we see people of every type, the more it will be easier just to love and accept people. Yes, I love
0: it. Well, that's a very simple and eloquent explanation. What is it that drew you to teaching photography to veterans?
1: Well, actually, it was a bit of a surprise. I, I I got asked to do it, which is not helpful for people when they're like, you know, how did this happen for you? I'm really sorry. This is not the best example of this happening. I got asked. However, I did have to pitch. Mm. I got asked to pitch ideas for, um, for military veterans. It's a, a charity called Help for Heroes, and it was during COVID. Um, Help for Heroes usually do very... Outdoor activities, and it's really important for the mental health and the rehabilitation for veterans to get out Mm. to socialize. Um, and then COVID struck, and so you've got a lot of people who you know need support. What can we do for them when they're stuck indoors, um, or need to go out once a day? And some of them were struggling to even go out once a day because of you know the, the mental challenges, um, surrounding surrounding them. So I got asked, I pitched, but it was very important to me that it was like a community feel, that they could take photographs to get them out um, and to feel confident. And it's sort of just grown over two years. Yeah, last weekend, we got to meet in real life. You know, even after two years, meeting in real life is is, is difficult. There's lots of challenges to, to doing it. Um, we were teaching them movement, and it was about getting them really confident. I'm there to help them with all the settings in their cameras. So they just come away with beautiful images, having met everybody, had some fun, but feeling like I, I know where all of these different settings are in my camera. So It's really good. But I guess my advice to anyone who wants to get involved in the thing that they are passionate about is to just go out and do it. You've got to seek those opportunities. Sometimes that might mean you won't get paid. Mm. But you might network. Um, I'm not really one for exposure, you know, doing something for exposure, because um, I don't necessarily think there is actually that payoff. I've done lots of things for what I thought would be exposure and they have not panned out at all. So I guess from my own experience, I don't think doing things for exposure is always a good thing. But you do need to be able to show that you do this stuff. So sometimes you just have to to go out and find those opportunities and, and do a thing
0: my advice would be to always um, give yourself a limit. If you're going to do something that is, I mean, obviously charity work is charity work. It's, it's very different. Um, and there are different, you know, just but just take it as I'm donating my time. That's what I'm, I'm that's what I'm doing. And that's what I want to do, you know, versus thinking about it as a business opportunity. It, it always at least helps me in the charity work that I do. But in, um, in terms of, like, exposure stuff, that's the conversation that we're we're veering into, always give yourself a deadline. Okay, I'm going to do this one thing. Like, I remember when I started do, being a copywriter, I did three one-hour messaging strategy sessions that were free, and I got three testimonials. And I was like, okay, well, I, need, I only need three testimonials, and that's that. <laughs> now I go off and sell. You know what I mean? So, like, give yourself um very specific boundaries and I think isn't that like the conversation that we're having it's like all of the boundaries that you're setting up whether it's in your business whether it's in in your with yourself right in your body and whether it's in the the things that you're passionate about I think it's always a give and take it's like you're asking for what you want and then you're you're on the other side of it getting what you want out of it too which I think is always a, a really
1: um a really powerful thing well I think that is really really good advice and I wish I'd have had that advice earlier on, you know, to mm. sort of create a boundary or a limit for the amount of free things that I would do. But it's very difficult when you're starting your own business. You are going to fail a lot, you're going to do things that don't work out, and being comfortable with that is really hard. Mm. There's a lot of pressure for this to succeed. Um, so you end up Potentially, well, in my case, doing things for a long time that didn't really move me in a direction. Although, I guess it's all part of the journey, you know. It's... Yeah, it definitely is, and I think with
0: hindsight, like you know, I think all all sort of let call them veteran entrepreneurs just use that same word, right? It almost feels like um, in marketing years or in internet years, like I've been at this for three thousand years. The amount of people that I've seen come and go you know, um, is insane. Like people who were my friends at the beginning of the journey who just gave up, you know, or couldn't stomach the failure or couldn't figure out the system, couldn't figure out the marketing plan, burnt out, decided to close the doors, all of these different things. And I think that women are more susceptible to it than men, frankly, right? The amount of um, women who put pressure on themselves when they have got two kids and they're trying to start a, a business or they have a full life, or they're supporting, you know, their family, or they want to do other things, right? And I think it's a really, really interesting sort of circle back to the beginning of our conversation, that as a woman, you feel like you're a giver, so you want to give, right? You want to, you don't want to leave people behind. You don't want to, you know, for a really long time, I was like, I don't want to outprice myself. Like, I want to be helping these people. But equally, like, I'm a business owner. This is why I say in all of my things, business owners need to make money. You cannot be doing free work for people forever and ever because that is charity. <laughs> Charities get funded too. <laughs> That's not how businesses work. <laughs> Go and work for a non-profit then. You know what I mean? Like, Business owners need to be in profit. That's the reality of the thing. And I think that it's interesting because I think as women we pay more attention to oh, I can't do the thing that I want to do because then I'm objectifying women, that I'm creating, you know, the male gaze through my camera. Oh well, I can't, you know, I can't talk about sales because sales is a male thing. Or I can't be a marketing expert because that's, you know, spammy and icky. And, oh, who am I to talk about ethics? I don't know enough about business. But the amount of, like, jobs I've had in, like, the legal field, in the tutoring field, in teaching field, where I have been... Not to toot my own horn, but the smartest person in the room. I'm like, I can. What is? What are you doing? Why? And I think so many of us are like, we ask. You know, we don't ask for raises. We don't raise our prices. We get stuck. We think we have to do this thing forever and ever. We stop ourselves from doing the like our life's work because we are so we're so preoccupied with what society might say about you, like us taking photos. And it's just heartbreaking, you know. And I am really passionate about. Changing that, and I think that your photography does so much to contribute to that change too, because here you are saying to the the women and the people of the of the interweb like you have a body, love it, own it, you can feel a different way about you just by a tiny shift in perspective for yourself, and I think that's so so, so powerful. Thank you you're welcome <laughs>
1: Thank you. that's why she's the marketer.
0: <laughs> well it's very but it's very true. It's not even a it's not even a marketing thing. It's it's a genuine feeling that your clients come away with. They come away with feeling confident. They come away with feeling a different way about themselves. And even like I remember I <laughs> let's say I forced you to. I didn't force you to. I encouraged you greatly to do a photo shoot of yourself again. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was very helpful. It was very helpful. It's definitely the more times I do it, the stronger the feelings get mm. in terms of my confidence my own agency my own power like just I mean I still have bad days like like everybody else and one of my clients had a bad day like she just she just got in touch saying you know today today wasn't wasn't good and the, the beauty standards that she wasn't living up to and she's sort of gone back a bit um so I do still hear from from clients that um, we still have a relationship and we still talk about this. Like, you know, as much as I would love to say, you know, boudoir is the, the magic bullet and you're going to just be transformed. I, I would say that when we talked about it, the gateway was definitely the best way to put it. It is a door that you can go through, um, but you have to do the work on yourself to sustain loving yourself, and the photographs are going to be that reminder, like I have them on my phone and I like, if I'm feeling bad, I just look at them and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got this I love it I love it so much, Shauna, is there anything else you want to add? No, well thank you for uh, having me, this is my very first podcast, um, it was really lovely to be asked and I, I hope it was interesting yeah. yeah, it was great, thank you so much Shauna,
0: alright, and everyone else, I'll speak to you in a bit, have an unforgettable day, thanks so much Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content, feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news. Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.